See, y'all don't know about Y'all know nothing about that song See, y'all, that's way before your time That's Stevie Wonder, baby Jungle Fever Jungle Fever Well, what are we talking about Jungle Fever for, y'all? Why are we just Jungle Fever Why are we talking about that First of all Okay Let's hit him with Let's, again uh, Yeah First of all it, it is your favorite campus Uncle Uncle Fred is definitely in the building And I'm with my uh, Sister in pain Struggle and also in victory The liberated project chick We have hey, Tamara hey. in the building How you doing Tamara I am amazing Thank you What's good with you bro Man I'm chilling man You know what I'm saying We are here Season 2 it's Episode underway. Man the next episode yeah, Is episode, episode 2, two. I'm 12 11 Whatever right. 12 2 right. You know Oh, I mean, we doing we doing big things, man, big and things you know, baby. and uh, man, we have uh, we kind of got a topic to talk about today. We, we always have a topic, but again, I love the way that we're scaling. I love the way that we're talking about you know different intersection of things. And speaking of intersection, oh man, that's we just dropping all <laughs> kinds of nuggets here. You know, yep, somebody um, need to be having their bag open because we straight yeah. dripping. So I think the main topic that we will talk about tonight. Okay, is what are your thoughts about interracial dating? Wow. Mm. Mm. My sister's looking at me like, mm. Mm. <laughs> no, it's so, not yeah. But before we get into that, sure. um, I, I want to recap because on our season premiere, we uh, we were supposed to speak about an issue, a cliffhanger mm, that cliffhanger. we left off on, and uh, we were talking about. Greek life on college campuses we and um, just to give a reminder and a refresher we talked about Greek life in, in, in historical this, context we talked about it from a historical context meaning like what was what happened what went well Why all these good things about? right we talked about all that then we talked about the present conditions you know especially affecting the Greek communities here on our campuses right and just real briefly I want to give some attention to the future of Greek life and Greek lettered organizations on campuses. And I'm going to be very honest with you. My take on Greek lettered organizations in the future, especially involving Divine Nine, mm. the way that we're going, I don't think there's going to be any undergraduate chapters. I concur. It's too costly. And I think more than that, because it's not just about money and resources, I think that with one, some institutions really not understanding and have a handle on the Divine Night and how we came about and why we have city chapters. I believe the other impetus to that is going to be that it's going to cause too many rifts and give a black eye to what we know to be beautiful, mm-hmm. what we know to be important, what right. we know to be impactful gotcha. and compassionate about Divine Nine and that sisterhood and that brotherhood. And you know what? I'm kind of conflicted because, you know, I, again, for those of you who don't know, I'm a member of Omega Psi Phi Fraternity Incorporated and uh, I, I pledged undergrad. And uh, it hurts my heart to, after putting everything in perspective, to understand that there could be a possibility that our 
undergraduate brothers and sisters might not ever get an opportunity to experience what it's like to be an undergrad on campus, you know, as a Greek lettered member of these organizations. And the reason why I feel that way is because what you need to understand is that all these Greek letter organizations are under one insurance. Exactly. We share, we share one insurance and it's, costly you know with all the hazing allegations you know the the, the misconduct title nine incidences that are happening amongst all organizations you know these things are costly and it's a money grab to some folks i i I hate the fact that there are folks who look at greek letter organizations and try to create a conspiracy take it to court and then end up getting some money well i think so if we're if we're being real honest as we always are as unfortunate as it is but you and i know we live in a very litigious society very much so so. everybody's looking for that come up everybody's looking for that 15 seconds of fame yeah and i think one of the other things too you know in that when you and i as higher education professionals Professors, mm-hmm. we're in these spaces, these organic classrooms with these scholars who are interested. I think again, talking about the the idea, the notion of validation. We have some of the most brilliant individuals. The generation now, Z, they are entrepreneur, they're progressive, but they're some of the most emotionally fragile individuals I've ever met in my life. Right. Everything when you want to redirect or share or correct, they take it personal. They got their head hung down. Now they don't want to come to class. They want to drop the class or they want to drop out of life mm-hmm. altogether. So mm-hmm. I think sometimes, unfortunately, individuals, and even when you and I were coming up, when we went through the process in undergrad and well, you went through the process of undergrad, I started a process in undergrad and I was like, you know what? Um, yeah, this part ain't for me. Um, this aspect of it, individuals looking for the validation they are looking to be a part of something for the wrong reason, because they're looking for some form of identification, some form mm-hmm. of identity. The other thing I'll give some fabric to is you and I know, Because we took that thing on. You took that thing on over to the grad chapter. The grad chapter is real. The real work is. The grad chapter is keeping all of the mission and the visions for all of the divine nines alive and well. How many individuals we're looking at it that come through an undergrad and how many now then come through the grad to do the work? Please believe me and believe me, please. It's more than a notion. Right. And so if you're not, again bring it in over and coming into the grad chapter to continue the work. Right. We really don't need you at the undergraduate level. Cause what are you doing? You're doing some community service here on campus. You know, they can only do certain things and a certain amount of things. Why? Mm-hmm. Cause their main thing is scholarship. Right. Scholastics. Right. I think that one of the major reasons why in my fraternity graduate chapters were founded was because of the fact they wanted a platform to finish the work. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And, I mean, rightfully so, right? You know, and, but, let's just say that undergraduate chapters were extinct tomorrow. Mm. 
Let's say graduate that tom- or undergraduate? undergraduate. Okay. Let's say that undergraduate chapters were extinct tomorrow. Like all of them were just wiped off the face of the earth. There's no divine nine, Nalfo Greeks, nothing. There's it's just mm-hmm. you know. Will life carry on for you? As a college student, because because it's such an integral part in the culture mm-hmm. of college for people of color. It's an expect, you know, it's almost like an expectation. I, but I, but you know what? So here's the deal. I think there's a part of this. Yes, that is true. But I think more of it is true for HBCUs. I believe HBCUs is more steeped in it because of the history, because we didn't have institutions where we're allowed to come and be educated, Mm -hmm. predominantly white and, you know, PWIs and TWIs. I think that's why they're kind of a little bit more, how would one say, nonchalant or lackadaisical or not caring about whether we have the Greek communities on campus because of the way in which it's historically set and sound. You know you're on, we talked about the marching bands, the mm-hmm. meme, right? Yeah, yeah. With the Popeyes in the Chick-fil-A scenario. <laughs> yeah. The same difference in the Greek community when you go to HBCU, when you're a PWI, it's completely different. It is a part of the fabric of what they do. You know it's homecoming at Howard because all of the faculty, the staff, the janitorial from the top to the bottom, bottom to the top, all the way around the streets is on guard for the Bisons. Right. It's a thing right it's not a thing here that's 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 disheartening it really it's the truth no it's true it's true but it's a hard but it's a hard pill to swallow and the reason why is because we so want we do that culture up here and you would think that because of who is leading the institution Right, that they would want to be in favor of implementing a culture like that. You would think that you know that 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 our culture will be promoted, and it's not. You know what I'm saying? And here we are at a at a PWI, right? And you know we're in the city of Buffalo, where our past has had a very strong Greek community. You know, at different institutions here in the city of Buffalo and now in the present day right it's fading away you know and the future I I don't think that it's going to be a pretty one because a lot of these institutions now are creating and rewriting policy that makes it very difficult for Divine Nine Greeks and for Nalful Greeks to really be present on campuses and to uh, sustain. Well, I think part of it, again, from a very strong, rich history mm-hmm. to now what some of the challenges have been. Mm-hmm. Right. In particular, at the undergraduate level. And and let me say this is our disclaimer. We're not just saying these challenges are played with predominantly white institutions. We know our HBCUs have some of the same challenges as well. So we're not saying only PWIs or TWIs have these challenges. We're saying that it looks different because with HBCUs, the majority of I think very they are 
very rare cases where you would find someone with administration, maybe even the president who's not connected to a divine night or mother, father, grandmother, or at least know the culture or, or, or know the culture. Right. I think one of the Achilles heel, if we might, is these institutions are trying to keep themselves out of a vice grip. Yeah. From being sued, from staying out of the news. Yeah. We know that recruitment is down everywhere. Right. We know that retention and persistence towards graduation is a challenge. We know that there's a sophomore slump. And they're saying, listen, that's the la- we that's the last thing we need is to have a headline where we're dealing with some kind of case, whether it be Again, we talk about Title IX, and, and we're talking also about, too, how athletics. Athletics is in that as well, right. but athletics don't get as much of a black eye because it potentially brings entertainment and some dollars in. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's not get it twisted. We know at PWIs, especially Division One institutions, they sweep those kind of scenarios under the rug because they are not interested in it again, impacting the amount of money that they're come that come into that institution. Gotcha. See, just recently. Sure. Uh, I want to say maybe a matter of maybe two weeks ago mm-hmm. from UB released a statement with regards to the uh, their position and their position and what they're trying to change okay. with, the, with the institution. And the reason why I say that a lot of it is not favorable for us and again it wasn't one of us that had died right or fall into a crisis right right and when um, we say one of us we mean divine nine right so let's remember to that but still the greek community a loss is, nonetheless but yeah but the greek community is going to suffer Absolutely. because they're tightening up policies and procedures right that really really inhibits culture you know what I'm saying? And then not so, only culture, but camaraderie in the collective, yeah. especially for Divine Nine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from, from, because last year, last season, y'all, was a very trying year because there was a lot mm-hmm. of research and a lot of digging that we did in terms of uh, trying to find out this whole Greek status thing because we've had a lot of students, you know, from all different campuses, near and far. Uh, inquiring about uh, the recent position and statuses with Greek letter organizations. Yes. You know, I mean, I'm talking about from Buffalo to Kansas to Miami, right. you know, to Listen, the South. You, look, you were getting snatched up, people cornering you, know, you in the student and, union. Man, like it, it was it was a big thing. And, <laughs> you know, the one, the one common denominator out of all of it is the fact that we're putting ourselves at risk. We are right again, kind of when we talked about in episode one from season two, we're again our demise. Yeah, it's us that's again helping to create the lack of community, the lack of camaraderie, the lack of organizations in these experiences that you and I grew up knowing and looking forward to. And then the first thing we want to do is cry wolf. Well, Okay, 
Let's all have a seat at the table and let's and, do, and let's and have I'm a real conversation. And, and why? And I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna leave with this point with this conversation here. Uh, the previous episode last week we talked about Jay Z and the NFL. One of the things that I got from that, which is a positive thing, was the fact that we have an emblem of a person that is trying to sit or uh, bring his seat to the table, right? to the oppressor or to the person that is inhibiting forward progression. Mm -hmm. It's the same stance with Greek life. Mm. We, meaning like people like myself, Tamara, you know, the Ron Stewart's, you know, uh, you know, and company, the Dr. Keith Fulchers of the world and all that stuff. We have to force and bring our seats to the table if we're going to save a culture. You know well, what I'm saying? And the, reason, and the reason why I say that is because we can always complain mm. about what's happening but not do anything about it. We're not even the ones that's taking a knee. We're just pointing the finger and blaming people. We can't do that. We got to be in the fight. And the only way to be in the fight is that you have to be in the ring to do it. Do. So, you know, my last stance on this for the future, if you don't want Greek life to be away, if you don't want Greek life to be compromised, if you don't want future opportunities and experiences to be taken away from you, your children, your grandchildren or whatever like that, I'm going to tell you right now, now is the time where like you have to f- bring your seat to the table and you have to have and fight and have these conversations with those put with those button pushers who are manipulating and pushing your culture. Because at the end of the day, you know, if this is something that you want, you got to fight for it and not just complain about it. You can't just sit in a room and just scream to the oppressor's face. You can't do that because all they're going to do is look at you. You got to come there and you got to be willing to fight and fight a good way, fight a, a strategic plan. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, for me, my take is for the future, if you don't fight for it, it's going to go away. And then the other thing too, fighting for it isn't enough. When you fight for it, understand the ways in which to go up about fighting for it and then if you are successful, if you come out victorious in that fight, in that win, then take care of it. Right. Yeah. Then take care of it while yeah. you have it there. Don't abuse it. You Don't allow them. anybody else to abuse it. And if someone does, you G check them because that's the thing. We're thinking, right. well, okay, just because, you know, X, Y, and Z did this when they did, now they got to pass that on. And then they want to go a step further right. just to see how bad, you know, you want the experience. Come on, time out for that. Yeah, you have time to. Time out for that. We have experienced enough to go around for everybody. Again, we went through it in other ways. Why would we want to begin passing down this history that was just created, not in, again, the beginning, steeped in the Divine Nine and how they came to such a wonderful experience. How did did it come to be, now we're talking about hazing allegations, we're talking about people dying on, you know, the watch of other people that are supposed to be taking them in as a little brother or a little sister. I'm confused by that. Yeah, you know, there there has to be a level of responsibility, y'all. And responsibility and for one has to another, be a, and there has to be a level of accountability too. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, indeed, you can't you can't just play and not be accountable. You know what I mean? You you have to, at the end of the day, a pledge process is not intended to drop anybody. 
and it's not intended to hurt. And I and and I'm saying that right. And I'm saying that. And it's not intended to hurt. I'm saying that. And not again. Eight weeks, one day, four hours, five minutes, and two seconds. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) To the down second. I'm saying it is. It should not be intended to drop anybody or hurt. Right, you know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, y'all, take care of your culture. Mm-hmm. Take care of it or it's gone. Exactly. Moving on. So with that being said, we got jungle fever. They got jungle fever. They got jungle fever. We're in love. So interracial dating. <laughs> As I watch my sister and colleague here <laughs> cringe. <laughs> you got so many jokes. So... Yeah. I don't think okay, our public can't see you, but let me they describe can. let me describe Please describe how Tamara is doing with this question. So when I when I proposed that we talk about this question, Tamara, the first thing she did was <laughs> took a deep breath and <laughs> laid in her chair, spread her, her she spread her arms across the table and put her head down and then gasped. <sighs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, you, oh, oh, we, oh, oh okay. I was like, have it you was ever. like Fred in the chicken sandwich. Oh, man. Yes. Yes. And I was like, oh, you never dated outside? No. I was like, you, not even, not even our brown brothers? Not, no. not, no. I was like, oh, this, a, this is going to be a good one. It this is going to be a good conversation. So let me ask you this. Sure. Why is it that you have, that you have never ever entertain the idea well well have you entertained the See, idea thank you for the have you sir. have you entertained thank you, thank you have you entertained the idea of dating outside of your race so let me say this the answer is multi-prong so when i was younger no mm. as i've become more mature and well-rounded and have more experiences, more cultured experiences, I would say to myself, and I would have conversations with my hey girl, hey, my crew, and we were like, wow, would you? And, you know, we know some individuals, some of them have, and things of that nature. So this, for me, I wouldn't say never because I'm not in the space of saying never or always because you just never know. So I wouldn't say that, but I have not. So have I entertained... I've thought about it, so I would guess I would say yes, I've entertained what that would look like. Um, how would they, I have been asked out. You have? Yes, by, you know, an, a Caucasian man um, oh. from, uh, I want to. Now, now, define, now, wait a minute. Okay, hold on. Yeah. Define, no. <laughs> because, be, because, because we, we have to understand, right, in our minds, when if we were to date outside of our ways race, let's say like a white person, right? Mm-hmm. White person has to have a certain look to them. Well, that's the whole conversation. They gotta have, the yeah, they gotta have. Yeah, they gotta have. got to be fine. He, there's a, there's gotta be he, like so he, so he so what, so. Does he fit like the um, Brad Pitt, like the the Brad Pitts and the Justin Timberlakes of the world, or is he more so like a Vin Diesel? Well, Vin Diesel's not really white, is he? I don't Isn't think he? so. He's right, not. he's not really white. Okay, so. Well, is he like the Paul, the Paul Walkers, the Justin Timberlakes, and the Brad Pitts of the world, or is he more so like the John Seinfelds and the? Absolutely not. He can't be no corduroys. <laughs> he can't be no blazer and those um, shoes with the soft. 
I am not a racist, people. I'm just <laughs> laughing because, you know, again, because black folks, when we consider dating outside types. of race, and there's, there's a type, right? There's, there's a, a certain type. Like, if I was going to, if I ever had considered dating outside of my white race and they were white, right, they would have to look like, let's say, like a Scarlett Johansson. Okay. You know? So that would be a type for you. Yeah, like a Scarlett Johansson, maybe, um, what's another? I don't know. Let me get back to that. Let me get back, because I'm just, the reason why I think about Scarlett Johansson is because of the fact, like, I was just thinking about Avengers. Charlie Sparrow, maybe. You know, Charlie Sparrow. Maybe like a pink. You know, okay. the singer Pink, you know what I'm saying? Okay. You know, yeah, I would have to get back to that. But anyway, uh, right. yeah, so, so so you had a certain, this guy fit a certain criteria. Well, so let me say this. He, he, he fit a certain criteria because he was educated. And that, not educated in terms of the traditional perspective, right? So people think because we have education, because we have degrees that everybody had. Well, let me just say this. We'll talk about that. And I'll give some more fabric. But he was educated in terms of he could hold conversation. Mm -hmm. um, he could hold my interest in terms of that space. Mm -hmm. He had a little swag with his dress. Okay. And things of that nature. Okay. Um, so, yeah. I like swag as in like I'm wearing some airwalks or swag as if like I'm... Um... No, some swag like the way he pulled himself together. Like, okay. you know, his jeans wasn't um, tight and he wasn't flooding. Okay. Right. You know, that is a style though, right? European with pants, dress pants. I'm. Okay. So, okay, yeah. wait. So, is he like Zara or is he HM? He might have been more HM than Zara. Okay. Right. If I remember correctly. Okay. 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 All mm -hmm. right. Okay. Yeah. He, he, he wasn't Hugo Boss, though. Okay. So, he was. All right. He wasn't Hugo Boss. All right. So, did, did he have like the spiky hair? I don't see this was a while ago. No, he didn't have the spiky hair. I don't believe he did. So no. But yeah, so I'm um, giving all kinds of different stereotypes here. Yes. <laughs> right. You go to say what kind of moose did he use next? <laughs> Please just, oh, just man. so disrespectful. Man. So yeah, so I have um entertained and I have been asked out by um a man outside of my race. Um but what was really weird about it though is he was intimidated by the space and he was like and, and he was like yes I, I, I'd like to ask you out and I'm like well ask me mm -hmm. you know like there's this one post that was um, circulating a couple weeks ago maybe a month or so and it read this instead of wondering whether she's single or not ask her out to find out okay right. so this whole space so yeah but I've never um, officially <laughs> dated Anyone outside of my race. Okay, so I, I have, if I were ever to date outside of my race and they were white, right? Yep. The criteria in terms of like comparing people to give a visual, I will look at Natalie Portman. Okay. I will look at Scarlett Johansson. Yep. I will look at, uh, what's her face? Je Jessica... What, what's 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 that name right there? She's okay. This person's not right. I'm looking at my phone, y'all. I'm looking at my phone. That's how bad I am, y'all. That that's how that's how bad I am. Maybe Sandra Bullock. Okay, I could see a Sandra Bullock or something like that, you know. But um, yeah. 
Um, oh, even this one right here. Um, even this, this one. one. This one. What's her name? Charlize Tehran. Ter- Charlize Theron. Charlize. Charlize Theron. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't know her name. Yes. I didn't know her name, and you know she's considered African, right? Wow. She's considered African-American. She puts on a census that she's African-American. So does she put on the census African-American because of she's, what? She was she? born in Africa. She literally, she was born in West Africa, right? Mm-hmm. And she was born and raised there, came over here, right? And so she's no, American. it's not her so race, but it's her ethnicity. She puts it, right. She puts it down. excuse She me. puts it down as this. So like when she goes to a box, she doesn't mm-hmm. check like she's white. That's interesting, but that's a whole nother that's topic. A whole nother topic. Yeah. Yes. So checking um, the boxes. Me, I've never dated a white person. So have you ever considered or entertained it? No, okay. I never did. And is there any reason why? Um. So I think I was conditioned by my mother when I was younger. A strong my mother, black woman. My strong black woman. Strong like Black Panther type. You know, one, Gotta love right? her. And my mother used to always say to us in the house that if she doesn't use a comb, don't bring her home. <laughs> right. And that kind of stuck with me. But I remember I asked my mom, I was like, Mom, how could you be so racist? She looked at me and she said, Black people ain't racist, baby. I was like, Oh, okay. And we're the right. most forgiving of all races right. because we know what it is to be disenfranchised. Right. So, so but, I, but in my time, before my wife, my beautiful wife, hey, Sierra. right? I have seen some beautiful white women, right? I have. Mm-hmm. I've seen some beautiful white women, right? And I've seen some handsome white men. But but you know what? Like when I look at them, I, I get confused because I'm like, are you are you white? <laughs> what? Is, like what are you? What are you? What are you? Because like because they don't they maybe it's because their disposition they don't carry themselves as like the typical cookie cutter like stereotypical white woman mm-hmm. whatever that looks like like they're sure. not the hello how are you you know they're not mm-hmm. that you know they are very down to earth the cool cool Relatable. women right and i think that attracts me more you know what i'm saying or attracted me more mm-hmm. but i never had the gumption or the nerve to really be like hey let me let's go out on a so, date so 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 riddle me this batman sure is is it You've never thought or considered dating outside of your race because of your love for blackness? Mm-hmm. Or is it because you felt as though there's not been someone that has really caught your eye and attention enough to be interested in putting in the work? Um, I think it's, I, I would have to say early on, it would probably be because no one has caught my eye. Mm-hmm. But as I grow older, I think it's because my level of blackness, mm. you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I think that that would be a safe answer. And also a third thing is, is that sure. I didn't think, <laughs> I didn't think white people thought I was attractive. Seriously, I didn't think white women thought that I would have been attractive. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I never had, I, I've never had a white woman approach me. Ever. 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 
Okay So I didn't know that Maybe like Okay Freddie's not my You're type not Or right. You know Or maybe he's the You know He's the angry big black man I don't know maybe. You know what I'm saying But I You know I never got that So I mean it, For me it was organic But Let me ask you a question Sure Do you think That black men Who date white women Right Are Oh Whoa <laughs> you, you. Now come on. Woosa, y'all should, I swear, I wish I had a visual okay, because so when I'm posing this question, Tamara's face, the eye, the black eye started men. cocking and black, black, just, oh, just, okay, so do you think that black men who date white women are sellouts? If. Before before you give that answer, <laughs> before you give that yes. before you give that answer, okay. right? Let me paint a picture. Let me give you a visual. Okay. Okay. You know, I, I love visuals. Idris Elba. Mm-hmm. Prior to his new wife, right? Because he just recently she's got, black. She's black, but prior to he was married to a white woman. Mm-hmm. Tay Diggs. Mm-hmm. Tay Diggs, who was recently divorced, just got he 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 was married to a white woman. And Tay Diggs is it Terrence L. Howard, um, Sidney Portier, um, Frederick Douglass. Right. Strong black men married to white women, right? So there's a visual. Do you think that these brothers are sellouts or were sellouts? Ooh. Ooh. Take your time. No. Take um, your let time. Let me say this. I I'm not certain if I can say sellout because I don't know their dating history or past. I say this, this is my belief and my stance, that if a black man says that he does not date black women across the board ever, that's selling out for me. That's what sellout means to me. Mm-hmm. If you want to be an international lover, hey guy, hey, I'm with it. But as a black man who comes from a black woman, how do you exclude the beauty and the essence of what you've come from and say that you would never date her? That does not make any sense to me at all under any circumstances. Now, what about, let's switch gears. Let's not just make this about black and white. Okay. Okay. I'm have, <laughs> see, she all right with gray, y'all. Okay. So what about a black man that dates an Asian woman? What about it? Are you against that? So let me say Because this. This, is, this is about interracial dating, right? Right. So yes, so Asian okay. would be interracial. So, so my, this is my feeling and my stance. We can't. I don't think when you truly come in contact with someone and you fall in love or you fall in like and then getting to know them, you can't help who you love, right? You you know you get to know them. So why you can't you say that about a white man, a white woman? What I'm saying, I'm what I'm saying is I'm not saying a black man can't say I love her. What I'm saying is if you see a black man and he only date white women, mm. that's what I'm saying. Only he only, he has an only category. I gotcha. only date white women gotcha. or I only date Asian. There's women. a motive behind that. Exactly, and I think there again. We There's can a motive that. behind that. So that's what I'm talking about. Now, if again, 
The black man is an international lover. He's dated someone who's been a black Nefertiti queen. He's dated an Asian beauty. He's dated a Caucasian, you know, woman who is dynamic. He's dated a Latina sister. Yes, that means that you're open to, again, the universe and you're open to different ways of loving and being loved. Mm -hmm. I'm saying when we hear experience when men of color, black men that look like us, that will say unequivocally, I don't date black women. Mm. They're angry. Mm. They have, um, they're they're too loud. They're not submissive. Right. They're not, they're not submissive. And they emasculate me. Mm. They, um, what else? Um, they don't do as I say, the whole submissive thing again. They, um, they don't need me. They are educated. They're the, all of these other kind of, what is it? Punk reality <laughs> excuses. Oh it's punk logic. These oh punk boy. logic scenarios that I'm not with. My yeah. thing is, if you are a real man and you're secure and confident in who you are, you would want to be with a real woman who's confident and secure in who she is. So it's just safe to say that you are totally not against it. I mean, it's just safe. Well, is it safe to, to say based off of your commentary? Sure. It's just safe to say that you are not in favor of interracial dating. What I'm saying is this. Blacks make up 13% of the population in the United States. There are about 329 million Mm-hmm individuals in this world. And the racial dating has gone up considerably from the year 2000 to 2012 to 2016, from 7.4% to 10.2%. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, it seems as though at the cornerstone of every march, struggle, Movement is women of color. Mm-hmm. And every time I turn around, it appears that we are disappearing. What do I mean by that? Mm. Do tell. Mm. Interracial dating is one of those ways, mm-hmm. right? We are, again, seen for being the Mamie. We're seen for being the matriarch, right? Project, right? Um, welfare queen, which, hello, welfare queen is kind of an oxymoron because how do you even expect it being a welfare, some kind of fucking relaxing, please? Mm-hmm. Then there's the Jezebel. Mm. Then there's an angry black woman. And yeah. a new character to the cast is the educated woman. Talk who about it. is bold. She's bossed up, but she's single yeah. because ain't nobody coming to the table. You see the passion on her face <laughs> right now, y'all. <laughs> she, listen, last season she talked about this. She's even more passionate yeah. about it now. <laughs> so, so I say when society sends messages, subliminal messages, you know, to us as a people and to a community that we're only good for certain things. When you look at, again, the good, um, good house, good housekeeping magazine. I don't know that I've ever seen a woman of color on that magazine. So that sends a message that women of color aren't good at housekeeping, Mm. i.e. keeping the man, keeping the kids together. 
we know that from the historical context, when the the demise of the black family came about, when black men couldn't get jobs, okay. when they weren't allowed in the homes of, again, white persons, because, again, that was after Reconstruction, that was after Civil War, right? And as black women, we had to go into the homes to serve as their maids. Black men was trying to make it thing go. Again, we talked about that at James Baldwin and we talked about it at Nikki Giovanni. And he felt as though he didn't have anything to offer her, his true queen, because he didn't have any money. Where there's other forms of resources. I don't necessarily need you. We don't need you to have as many degrees. We talked about this. Your wife is a doctor. Mm. She makes more money than you, but yeah. it doesn't mean that you're not the king of she your castle. De- she doesn't emasculate me. Or but here's her. the deal. The he other th- She me. does not emasculate you, but here's the other thing too. Why? Even if she wanted to, because you're securing who you are. I think what happens is we're seeing this shift in what the black man looks like. Back in the day, you saw black men handling their business in every aspect. Now we end up in jive ass public relationships because we don't want to do the work. We don't want to do the work with a with a real woman. We want to say, okay, well, you know what? She isn't really what I want. She really doesn't make me happy. She doesn't bring the best out of me, but you know what? It's a warm spot for me to lay my Right. Let me ask you this. Sure. Let's do a case study. All right. You know I love case studies. I'm a social scientist. Kanye West. Yup. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Oh, we need a YouTube channel. We're, it has to come. It, oh, it has to happen because you got to see the 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 facial expressions. You got to see it. What? Listen, Kanye West. Yes. Kanye West is now married to Kim Kardashian, who we all know is very white. Right? Very she white. Is. Comes from a white privileged family, she right? Is. And she does. Um they have kids. They do. Interracial couple, right? They do. Beautiful kids, right? Um and how is what is your stance, right? Mm-hmm. With Kanye? Who, prior to Kim Kardashian, right, he was engaged to a black woman, mm-hmm. right, who wasn't, you know, who was not a celebrity or a public celebrity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, um, she was a Delta, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he left her, or she left him or whatever, and then he started dating all of these exotic-looking Women like Amber Rose, is she black? No, she's not black. Amber yeah, she Rose, is. Amber no, Rose. she's not. Amber she's Rose. not black. Amber Rose, she's she's she's, she's 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 you see that hair when she had that low cut. Listen, she's not. I'm trying Listen. to tell you, I don't I don't think she's black. You can Google it right now. I don't think I don't think she's black. I think that Amber Rose is like I don't know, like okay, so anyway, yeah, but what so. I noticed that she or he started dating outside of his race Mm -hmm. and then ends up with Kim Kardashian. And once he was there, something happened to Kanye. Like something, I don't know 
if it was a matter of him capitulating or something, <laughs> but something happened. Like Kanye stopped wearing the book bags and the polos, and now Kanye is wearing like whatever, right? And he starts dyeing his hair. And there's like this complex that's happening with Kanye. And a lot of people started blaming it on Kim Kardashian. They're like, Kim did that. Mm. I'm saying, what is your stance with Kanye dating Kim Kardashian, who Kanye is black. Very. And she is white. She is. What's your stance? Um, I don't know if I necessarily have... Um, a stance on, you know, Kanye in terms of him, you know, dating and now married to Kim because, you know, he did date other individuals. Now, if all of the women that he dated, you know, were the exotic type and he didn't date anybody within. And it's OK to have a preference. Right. Of course, it is OK to have a preference. So he's dated um, and things of that nature. I think. Kanye brings a different kind of complexity to the table in every space he intersects. Every space he owns, he's a brilliant artist. He's a brilliant artist and things of that nature. I think Kanye suffered a lot with the loss of his mother. Okay. I'm not saying after that he started um, having some interesting... <laughs> encounters and um, interesting comments and interesting things that he did. Um, dare I say the Taylor Swift, you know, piece and just, just again, his different behaviors and demeanors. So I'll just say that again, with him switching up and wearing his hair different and losing kind of the, um, the essence that we grew up in new Kanye the book bag, Chicago always talked about that, even with um, Macy Gray said, make Kanye great again, <laughs> which I love that T-shirt. At the end of the day, if he has some other things going on, some psychological things going on, some emotional things going on, it's called counseling and counseling is real. And if it's not and those things are doing it and he's capitulating, then I go back to strong black men who know who they are. So no matter who I'm with, know this, I will always be this. I'm going to show up as the black project because it's one in who I am. So it doesn't matter which table I'm sitting at. I can be in the boardroom. I can be at the lunchroom. I'm going to be Tamara McMillan. That's all I know how to be because I've done the work. Right. I've done the work. I've pulled back the layers. I've gone and talked to the younger me. I've said all of the apologies. I've said all of, you know, the things I need to say. I've cried the cry. I've done the ugly cry. I've been in the closet, you know, to talk about um, what happened in my past, not in the closet, like in terms of my sexuality, in the closet, like sometimes we need to go in that dark cage sure. to be with ourselves, sure. to make peace with those demons on those ways that we trespassed and were trespassed against us. Gotcha. So with Kanye, um, again, I don't, it, I'm not really saying anything, not really saying anything about that, but he has not exclusively dated one type of woman. So, Right. There it is. But it's but it still makes you it's still it's still, like I mean there's no personal investment in it for you. No, there's but no personal, no. but still like so for an example, let's relate it to college, right? Sure. College is a melting pot. It is. It's a melting pot, you know what I mean? And people experiment, you know. I have seen 
black sisters date white guys, right, here, right? Mm-hmm. I have seen um, black guys date white girls. Yeah. But they all look a certain way. Like, they can't just be, like, like this cookie-cutter white you know, person. They have to be... They have a hip swag. They have to have a to swag to them. So, so, again, back to this whole notion, this whole idea of misappropriating our culture, trying us on for size, and when um, the family that Kanye West is now tethered to shows up wearing cornrows, it's now fashionable. It is now the end thing when who have been cornrolling since the beginning of time? You know, we yes, who, who, us. Who, who has us, it? us, right. Us. Okay. Us as in black people. Then when... As in Africans. What? We saw Sarah Bartman, you know, very well endowed buttocks. And now we see all types of implants from everyone. We see individuals from different cultures now taking on the likeness of Mm -hmm. the queen. Absolutely. So my thing is, is it you are so much in love and so much enamored with it that you want someone that kind of looks like them in terms of the way they dress, the way they sound, the way they wear their hair and the way they move, sure. but they just have a different complexion. That seems to be controversial and or conflicting for me. So if you show up with Uncle Beck, um, Aunt Becky. Right. With the good hair. <laughs> With the good hair. <laughs> then I'm like, okay. Right. <laughs> With the but good when, hair. <laughs> but when, but when Shaquita shows up and she the color your t-shirt. Right. And T-shirt's got, white, y'all. And she got the gold jewelry in the mouth and she wearing the, fr- I, I'm confused. I'm confused. You know, there's all different kinds of layers to this. You know, like, I mean, we could talk about black folks dating brown folks. But what about you? I mean, so what happens if you, you know, see a sister and she only dates white men? Ask me this. Matter of fact, matter of fact, let's let's make this let's make let's make this personal. Let's make this personal. Okay, let's make this personal. Okay, sure. I have a 12 year old son. You do. Oh, I have a 12 year old son that has not been to a school in the hood ever. Ever. So so he's a suburban suburbanite. He's a suburbanite. These, these, um, what I call them, these aristocratic kids. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Never been on the bus. Now, let's say my son, fast forward to the future. My son is 17, 18 years old. Mm -hmm. Right. And he pulls up to the house. Dad, I want you to meet somebody. And she can't use a comb. And he tells, and he tells, right. And he tells me about this girl and all this other stuff. Her name is Becky. Jamie. No, something. Let's do something, J- Jamie. Because I know some black girls named Jamie, right? Okay. Let's say Jamie, right? Or Lisa. Jamie, Lisa, Lisa. Okay. He's like, yeah, Lisa. I gotta, Dad. You gotta meet this girl named Lisa, man. Yo, she's fine. She's bad. Da da da. Okay, cool. You bring her over. No problem. Knock on the door. Ding dong. Right. And or that's that's not a that's a doorbell. Well, okay. knock on the door, right? Knock on the door, and Lisa is white. 
What would my reaction be? What would it be? Ooh, um, now he's having the same reaction I did. Y'all should see his face. I, see, he's huffing and puffing now. No, I and then flip it. So let's make it even more personal. No, let's, you better let's, not. Let's, you yeah, better not. Let's no, increase the You stakes. better not. You better Carter. No. no. Your baby girl. Carter says, Dad. Oh. Brandon, I met Brandon, and I want. I want. I, Brandon asked me out Brandon. to the prom, and I said yes. Brandon oh. comes to the door. Brandon, Ding-dong. I got tears in my Mr. eyes. Mr. Gilbert, and Brandon oh. is the color of your T-shirt. Oh, <laughs> he's in more pain than I am. <laughs> you know what? No, I don't. Tell us. Mm. <laughs> Oh my goodness, you should see his eyes. I think you can't even think right, right no, now. No, I can't. I really can't. Honestly, y'all, I, I can't think because <sighs> <laughs> you know, I like white people. Wait, that's not a, yeah, we're, we're, that's not in question. I like white people. We There's do, some absolutely, ve- both of us. I have a lot I have a lot of white friends. And okay. that's not a cliche either. That's I have a, a lot trope. of white friends. I do. So do I. Beautiful white people. Homegirls. Right? <laughs> However. I think my first choice would be bring bring home your own. That'll that's be mine my, too. That would be my first choice. Mine Please too. bring home your own. Mine too. Like, try us, right? Try us. But I also understand, see, I'm a little bit more forgiving. Well, not enough, not forgiving. Tolerant. I'm about to say, I'm a little bit more tolerant. Carter. I'm a little bit more. This is Carter we're talking. Carter, about. listen, Carter can't date until she's thirty. Carter, but you better not. <laughs> <laughs> but I have a niece. Mm-hmm. And beautiful long hair. I have a niece. Woo! And my niece she's know. Ready, and she's already being high and school. My, my niece know. Mm-hmm. She she knows and understands. And that's just my niece. My daughter. Oh my lord. Okay. So listen again. He can't even. Keep, he can't even stay I on can't, track, y'all. I can't listen. I will lie to you if I said that I'm not for interracial dating. I will lie to you if I told you if I'm not for it. Okay, but my preference. But you're, but you're just not for it for Carter. Is that what I hear you saying? No, no. I think that's no. That is not what I'm so saying. So what did you say? What I'm saying? Bring home your own first. Okay, and that's what I'm saying. Try home. I, I said the same exact thing. Try home. You can't help who you love. I have a huge challenge when oh, it, it doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman. It doesn't matter if it's black, white. I have a challenge with anyone in any particular in their race saying that they don't date the persons within their race. I, that's for me personally. And that's there's nothing. And you know about. what? And, and no disrespect to the to the white community or or, or anything like that. Just because or, we're pro black, don't mean we're anti. But I am unapologetically black. Period. You know what I'm saying like I. Listen, even what listen, and we don't, and we, and we're not looking for nobody to co-sign and to validate this. Listen. Just because we're pro-black does not mean we're anti anything. Right? Let's not get this thing twisted. We're having a but conversation I, I, about. I, I think real I would population. take. I think I would take issue because then I would be like, where did I go wrong? Where did I, like I, I I I have a high saliency when it comes to my people. I, you know, I am. 
very much strong in my beliefs when it comes to like black nationalists and black nationalism. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I'm also pro people. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Well, I think that only, I think that's the difference. I think that is the major that is, that is the major difference between like us, us and yes, them yes. is the fact that we are open to other people. We are. You know what I'm saying? We are. But I, I would prefer I would prefer to to bring home your own. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I would. But my kids also have the right to pick whoever they want. You know what I'm saying? And as long, it comes to the point, as long as like my kids are being treated right. And they're happy. And they're happy. Right. You know what I'm saying? That That's all that really counts. That's all that really counts for me. You know what I'm saying? I, I, just prefer, what, I just prefer it to be one of us. And I think that's, no, I think that's what we're both saying. So me personally, Right. I don't think that the, for me, there's not anything sexier. I wish than we had a, a white person man. here. I, I wish for we had me, a white there person. There isn't here. anything sexier than me being with a black man. That's me personally. Right. There's just something the way that we move. There's, there's just now, something like, the way we look. Last question. Sure. Do you think it would be racist if a white person said that? If a white person says no, they need to they need to date within their race. They do say that. Right. And, but it's just the way they say it. Yeah. Well, well, it's the way that they say it. And I think, you know why? It's the way, and then I think we're thinking about the historical context of all of the negativity and them, again, you know, calling the names that they called us and how they were so against the interracial thing. That's where it comes forth from us. Like you said, what? We're the most forgiving persons and we are accepting of all people because we know what it is to be disenfranchised. We know what it is to be demoralized. We know what it is to be enslaved. We know what it is to be. You know what else I think? What? Treated you know what? unfairly. You know what else poorly. I think? What? I think when it comes to dating, yeah. interracial dating, mm-hmm. and crossbreeding with each other, you know what I'm saying? Right. I think the white people, the white race, is scared to shit right now. They should be. Because. The changing face of America. They said by the year 2050. Melting pot. We're already a melting pot, but by the year 2050... There won't be a majority. They'll be all, like, they'll be be all gone. Because I was watching, real quick to close, I was watching uh, a show with Charles Barkley. Okay. And uh, yeah, Charles Barkley, the famous forward, power forward for small forward for the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. And then the Phoenix. And then the Phoenix Suns, right. Right. And... And then he ended with Houston. Oh, Houston. Yeah. And he has this show where he is uh, confronting literally the the oppressor, right? Mm. So he ended up visiting the alt-right and visited the leader of the alt-right. And they had a conversation about race and why he's against black people, Mm -hmm. right? And the guy was like, well, I'm not against black people. It's just the fact that I'm pro-white. That's the same thing. We're he's saying. like, he's like, I'm pro white. He was like, you know, I would rather you guys do your thing and I do mine. You know, I would rather that, you know, I, I, I would just rather that we empower ourselves rather than cross pollinate and, you know, empower mm-hmm. each other. And Charles Barkley was like, well, does that make you upset? Because like we live in a time now where it, like all that shit that you're talking about, it's like going out the door because. This is America, right? And America has transformed into 
something where it is becoming more inclusive. It's becoming mm-hmm. more tolerant. Yeah, there's a lot of you still here. But even with you being here, there's a lot more of us, mm-hmm. right? And then his Charles Barkley's friend who was there told him, he said, I think the biggest thing that you're threatened about is the fact that your great-grandkids' mm. children are going to be black. Drop the mic. Well, what they said here, too, this is, they said in 20, 2020, 2021, that's next year. The state that we live in, New York, mm. the minority will be the majority. And like you said, 2050. So absolutely. And 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 we ain't even going to go there, but I think that's also been part of the impetus or the undercurrent to why we're seeing so much brutality against men of color. I say that's one of the reasons why we see the disappearing of the black woman, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And then in relationships, look at commercials. They're interracial. And you rarely see a black man and a black woman together. Then when you think about the comments from right. the person that is occupying 1600 right. and the number of people that are still cheering him on and cheering his comments and on. There's a lot of them. He has insulted every group but one. His own. Exactly. So I'll leave it with this, y'all. When I was a kid, I used to go to a barbershop. It was called Johnny's Clubhouse. On, I remember Johnny's. And uh, it's on the corner of, what is that? Um, East Ferry and Humboldt. Humboldt. For those of you who don't know, that is uh, uh, the hood in Buffalo. And I used to go there every Thursday night. And me and Uncle Johnny would have conversations about race. Mm. And what did Uncle Johnny say? Uncle Johnny used to tell me, he's like, young blood. Young blood. He's like, young blood. You know, in the future, you know, Uncle Johnny might not be here, but in the future, he's like, you know what? I need for you to understand something. He was like, people, our people, the more and more that we continue to live in America and to inhabit America, Mm -hmm. the more and more we're going to begin to lose our ethnic purity. Mm. And I never understood. I was like, until now, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like ethnic purity. Like what? He was like, yeah. He was like, our people who are from Africa, right? Mm-hmm. Descendants of Africa, mm-hmm. right? If you look over time, our pigmentation is getting lighter and lighter and lighter. Mm-hmm. He's like, then you look at the whites, pigmentation is getting, getting darker, darker and darker and darker. He was like, in time. There's going to be a middle ground where we're all going to look the same. Yeah. I mean, so that would be great because then we would believe or we can infer the possibility of ending racism if we're all looking right. There still may be some differences in terms of social economics, education, et cetera, but maybe the whole idea of race. The other thing that I want to say in in terms of, um, and we're still talking about interracial dating, right? It, 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 an ethnic um, purity, but this is a very all. layered situation. It's more, I mean, it's layered on so many different. It's an onion, y'all. <laughs> just pull it back, and you might cry. Yes, just a little bit. The idea and the perspective is about self-love, mm. 
self-love. Mm-hmm. I love myself and I want to love myself so I can be with someone who can love me for who I am. I don't want to have to explain to my white husband why I'm wearing passion twist one week, why I got a blowout the next week, and then why I got um, I'm wearing my Afro puffs. Right. I don't want my husband to be trying to figure out after we didn't got into it, we didn't have the hair? special things that we did. Why, why is a grease hair? stain why on the there? pillow? Because that's it's called black Jamaican castor oil. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need him to right. I need. Right, because my black husband would know. Listen, babe. Right, we. Hey, he would know after right. so many. Yeah. Again, shampoos on Sunday. Yeah. My wash yeah. day. Let me just pour some down the drain to make sure it doesn't get clogged up. All your beautiful natural four C hair. I need him to know. Like one day she gonna come to bed with a bonnet on. One day she gonna have a scarf on. Depending upon how I'm rocking my beautiful mane, that's a lot to contend with. When you have to again bring somebody along for the conversation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's true, y'all. Listen, man. Interracial dating. <laughs> it's layered. It's, it's a perspective. And you saw and how deep you saw how deep we got with it because there's a lot of different factors that go into it. You know. I mean. It's already got to be some pressure. It's pressure dating for outside your race and everybody it looking is. at you. But then you got to take involved with culture. You got to talk about ethnicity. You got to talk about traditions. You got to talk about you know all kinds of cultural norms that go with it. And like how you know if you're going to be successful in dating outside your race, there has to be a level of understanding. It has to be there is no empathy. No, there is no empathy, and so that's out the door. And then now that are you going to show up and protect me? If one of my brothers, you see me, now my brothers, they're going to G-check. You're going to be like, yo. Right. Like, what's up with that? What's, what's up? your business here? Yeah, yeah. And you have to be able to stand on that, and you gotta, you can't punk out. Because yeah. if you punk out, that means, that, that means you can't protect me. Right. Yeah, absolutely, man. Listen, y'all, I think we should end it on that. I think we should. I think we should end it on that because, you know, again, this can go... James Baldwin and uh, Nikki Giovanni, y'all. It could, it could go back into that, but we're not. We're not. You know, um, for the love of, for man. Love of, I y'all. think that's a wrap for episode two. You know, season two. Season two. You know what I'm saying? Thank episode three will be on the way. Yeah, man. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you we, for the love and the shout outs. Too much. Like, I won't say too much love, but it's just so much. So much. So much and love, we, man. And we appreciate that. And listen. Y'all have topics, um, questions, please. We're looking to add. We're gonna have some, some guests layers. coming up. Yep. For the love of it, let's guess what, y'all? We got some guests yes. that are coming here that will be sharing the mic and they'll be talking to uh all of you with regards to some issues that we got coming up, Absolutely. man. And uh, you know, we'll Stay go tuned. from there. Stay tuned, man. This is your favorite campus uncles, Uncle Fred, and I'm with my sister in pain, struggling and even in victory, the liberated project check, Tamara. Hey. You know what I'm saying? Hey, and uh yeah, man, listen, it's time to go home. We about to uh turn off the lights and uh uh Close it up and close it up man this is your boy this is your sis we out peace peace